On this very special 100th episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast, I'll be discussing the lyrics to Sign of the Times' Strange Relationship with Zachary Hoskins. Welcome back to the show, Zach. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a while. Yeah, it's it's my 100th episode. Uh, I just thought I would mention that because, I I mean, I in my mind, I knew that I was going to get here. I didn't think like I was going to fizzle out before I right. hit 100. <laughs> but at the same time, I, I need to at least pat myself on the back a little bit for getting through 100 episodes of a show talking about Prince lyrics. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. That's a milestone. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, took me, let's see, about two and a half years, two and a half years to get through. <laughs> so I've been at it for a little while now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Strange Relationships, the topic of the day. This is the song we're going to be talking about. Um, as I mentioned, Sign of the Times album song. It wasn't released as a single, but it is a, a, a well-known song in Prince's discography and history. If you if you like have the CD configuration, it's the third track on the second disc. If you have the vinyl uh, double LP, it's going to be the third song on side three, and it's another Camille song, so it's basically the third and three straight Camille songs that you get off side three of Sign of the Times, even though You Got the Look was never intended for the Camille album. But Prince is doing the Camille voice again, and this song has kind of an interesting history. Um, it dates back as far as 1983, yeah. at least, as far as we know, and uh there might be people that knew about that or had some sort of bootleg of strange relationship to kind of give them that uh, information. But for those who didn't, we kind of figured that out once we saw that there was a, a version of strange relationship on the piano and a microphone, 1983 release posthumous release that the uh, state put out in 2018. Right. So very obviously Prince had written this song, at least by the time he recorded that, even though that version that he played on piano for that release wasn't the full version. I mean, he was like skipping around lyrics and ad lib and stuff. So who knows? I mean, he, even if he did have it completely written, uh, all the lyrics written by the time he recorded piano microphone, it, it probably wasn't like the intention to do a, a full fledged authentic recording of the song from beginning to end. He was just kind of, you know, playing around on the piano, which is what that whole release essentially is anyway. Yeah, I really um, the I know that there's an early version of this floating around or I I don't know that, but it, it seems very likely that there's an early version of this floating around because I remember reading in Dwayne Tudal's uh, Purple Rain book that Prince made a tape of this and I think Wonderful Ass, uh, the first version of Wonderful Ass for Vanity in early 1983. So, um, I mean, really interesting for one thing that he. <laughs> He, he put this song on a tape for Vanity. Uh, that's number one. And number two, like at least Vanity had a had a copy of that early version. So I'm really hoping that it surfaces one of these days, whether it's like a another Prince, uh, another Purple Rain deluxe, or I, I mean, honestly, it, it can it can leak uh, through illicit channels for all I care. I just want to. Hear <laughs> yeah, same here. And <laughs> so, like for the Sign of the Times Super Deluxe Edition that came out last year in 2020. We didn't get it there, but we right. did get we did get another version, which was the one I guess recorded in '85, with a lot of uh, Wendy and Lisa's input. They did um, some stuff with the Fairlight, adding like mm -hmm. a sitar and and um, like a wooden flute sound, and there was congos in there. Had a completely different, a really different um, vibe than the one we got 
ultimately on Sign of the Times, and then the other kind of noticeable difference, besides all that extra music and all that stuff that Wendy and Lisa added, was Prince didn't sing it in his Camille voice in that version either. Right. So it was pretty different. I mean, it's, yeah, there's elements that are the same. The lyrics are pretty much identical. Uh, actually, not even pretty much. I think they are identical. And Yeah, then, I think he changes one line. I think if there's a, I, I take all the blame in the final version, he says, baby, I'm sorry. In the earlier version, he says, I, I think I'm only human. Um, and oh. that's, but that's the only change. Yeah. Yeah. I must've missed that. I was just listening to it. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, for the most part, it's the same, same song, uh, lyrically. So like with a song, like I could never take the place of your man where he has that additional, but I'll try at the end. Right. There really isn't much with the earlier versions that's worth talking about because it doesn't really change the kind of the whole meaning of the song like like that does right right yeah exactly so with strange relationship the 1985 version we got we didn't get the 83 version which sucks so maybe like to your point someday it'll it'll show up somewhere somehow <laughs> i'll table the comment you made about uh, giving it to vanity and what that means. Right. Uh, I, de- I definitely <laughs> want to come back to that. <laughs> There's no way we're going to get around discussing uh, Prince's relationship with vanity when talking about strange relationship, but I don't want to, I don't want to do that quite yet. Right. Uh, because we haven't really even started talking about the lyrics yet. So anybody who's not familiar with the song, they're not going to know what, <laughs> why that's such a troubling uh, idea. <laughs> <laughs> what he ended up doing then is removing all of that like Wendy and Lisa extra um, soundscapes that they added to it, it completely changed the sound of it right. um, added different vocals ultimately like in late 86 and turned it more into just a, a solo print song which is what he did obviously with a lot of sign of the times material before it was finally released after the 85 86 time frame when the songs were often first written and recorded and um oh yeah then we got the shep pettibone remix off of the sign of time so we already had like three different versions of strange relationship on that super deluxe edition so maybe even if they had unearthed the 83 version they they probably figured that's one too many yeah maybe hold that one back yeah (laughs) i enjoyed the the shep pettibone remix I've, i've definitely seen some uh dissenting views about that you know just around on social media and stuff, you know, I don't think, um, I don't think it's an improvement, but I think it's interesting to hear this song that is so uniquely Prince and unique, even, even in, I mean, it definitely, it sounds like a Prince song, but it doesn't, but it it, it doesn't sound, it sounds different, right? You know, it's it's a pretty unique kind of all of the like wonky stuff with the bass synth that he's doing and 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 all of that it, it it's a it's a very unique original kind of feel so then you hear Shep Pettibone do his Shep Pettibone thing with it you know it sounds much more kind of like a conventional club mix you know I I don't think it replaces the original version but it's definitely interesting to hear and it's and it's sort of it's fun to hear I think mm-hmm. yeah yeah I don't I don't not upset that we got it for sure <laughs> it's not my go-to version um, right, but i'm not right. upset we got it for sure um i like both versions the 85 version and the, the you know the final 86 version uh, yeah the, the 85 version runs a little long you know it 
it's not edited down to a nice manageable length. Not that a lot of Prince songs go way long. I mean, that's a pretty common thing, especially with uh, vault material. You'll find eight, nine, ten minute songs in the vault. Right. Um, and so it doesn't bother me. But yeah, this that song, the 85 version, maybe could have been uh, truncated slightly just because it starts to drag on with the music there for a bit. But this version's pretty succinct. It's a uh, solid four minutes. Um, doesn't really waste uh, any time getting into the, the lyrics. And it kind of stays in its in its lane for most of the song's length. It doesn't do a lot of different things, uh, except for maybe towards the very end when mm-hmm. you get some weird synth sounds. I, I do like the song overall, even though the lyrics are a bit troubling, which... Hey, you know, I mean, <laughs> you volunteered to be on the song. And he's like, what, what are your overarching thought, thoughts on the song before we start getting into like line by line lyric? Yeah, this this was always a, a, a highlight of Sign of the Times for me. I'm a big fan of the third side in, in general. You know, I, I think just um, it's probably come across in several of my <laughs> appearances on your podcast, Jason, that I'm a, I'm a big fan of the sort of like weird psychosexual prints. And that's, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that's definitely for me, that's, that's side three of side of the times uh, specifically if I was your girlfriend in, in strange relationship. Um, I remember reading, I, I wish I could credit the person. I, I feel like I've actually looked for this quote and I haven't been able to, to find it again. I remember reading somebody a writer who said that uh, just if I was your girlfriend and strange relationship have enough to say about heterosexual relationships and the kind of, you know, the, the power struggles within them as a book, you know, just those two songs, it's like the, they go deep. And, um, and that's, I, 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 that, I, that really kind of, I felt that this is the, those, these two songs are really just, um, uh, they're, I think they're, they're both for sure in my top 10, uh, of Prince's whole career. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I love, um, if I was your girlfriend a lot. And, and I think I mentioned in the last episode when I recorded that song with Christy Norman, that, um, if I had to pick my favorite song off side of the times, which is very difficult to do. Right. I would probably have to pick if I was your girlfriend just because of how different and brilliant it is. And it has nothing to do with like, oh, yeah, I, I love the idea of Prince being controlling. That's so attractive <laughs> to me. It's, no, it's it's not that. It's just I really like what he does with that song. I mean, right. He, and if it was done poorly, it could have come across like as a real whack job, you know, like this right. guy needs this guy needs some therapy. And with this song, Strange Relationship, which we're let's get into the lyrics here in a second. But uh, you could look at it like, what the hell? What What is he? What's his problem? man? why can't he have a healthy relationship when you listen to those two songs back to back, which is exactly yeah. how how they're presented to us on the album. So, it's yeah, intentional yeah. or not. I don't know if he was really trying to pushed the envelope there with those you know, those heterosexual uh, relationship dynamics and yeah it feels really confessional and really um vulnerable and we don't I, I feel like we don't normally think of prince as a quote-unquote vulnerable artist and i i do think that 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 perception of him being sort of mysterious and hard to to parse has been 
I think I'm seeing it less and less because I think more, more and more as, as more information comes out about him and, and um, more of his music comes out, we, we realized that he honestly kind of wore his heart on his sleeve a lot, but being this kind of self, uh, self-critical and, and revealing of of the the really um, just uh, dark and and negative uh, things ab- about his own relationships. It 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 feels almost like John Lennon uh, as opposed to Prince. You know, um, it's it's a it's a level of I think candor and self critique that we don't. Uh, it was not typical for him. You know, a lot of the time with Prince, he would write something like. I love you, but I don't trust you anymore, which, I mean, for those of us who read, at least according to my taste perspective, was, was basically projecting, <laughs> you know, his his own behavior onto onto his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of the time when Prince writes a, a song about a relationship going bad, he doesn't take the blame. Um, and in If I Was Your Girlfriend, and to a lesser degree, and Strange Relationship to a much greater degree, uh, he absolutely puts the blame on himself in, in a really, I, I think, um, chilling way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, that's, that's a great, great uh, segue into getting into the lyrics, because I think at this point we've been tiptoeing around what he's been saying in the song yeah. and not actually talking about it. So let's, let's do it. <laughs> I guess you know me well. I don't like winter. But I seem to get a kick out of doing you cold. Oh, what the hell? You're always so Okay, so the first verse of the song goes, I guess you know me well, I don't like winter, but I seem to get a kick out of doing you cold. Oh, what the hell, you always surrender. What's this strange relationship that we hold on to? All right, I mean, that first verse is great. I think it's a really cool, cool verse, cool lines. I love how, you know, he uses the uh, analogy of winter. Mm-hmm. And especially like somebody who grew up in the northern Midwest uh, to say like you don't like winter. Well, yeah, of course, because you live in Minneapolis, like <laughs> <Right>. winter <laughs> sucks up there. I'm not surprised you don't like winter. It lasts forever and it's really cold. And Prince was kind of known to, especially after he became famous and was able to do so, um, get the hell out of Dodge, basically. Like, yeah. go out. I'm, gonna, I'm heading to L.A. I'm going to record a whole bunch of music at Sunset Sound during the winter because. Right. It's Minneapolis. Why the hell would I stay <laughs> if I don't have to? Uh, but he, of course, he was always going back and forth, but it wasn't like he uh, stayed in Los Angeles from the months of November through March and never came home. But he definitely liked to um, to head out, head out west, and right. get out of the snow when he could. So just that first line, I guess you know me well, I don't like winter. So he's really never made that a secret that winter wasn't his favorite uh, season of the year. Yeah, especially where you lived. But then to flip that around, I get a kick out of doing you cold, which is a, a cold ass line <laughs> right. right there. Yeah, <laughs> it's really cold. And putting this song in um, second person is, I think, a really effective choice. Uh, it's we we see it a lot. I mean, Prince has always been, you know, I want to be your lover for you. I, I mean. The, that like second person address is really effective for love songs. Um, and it's equally effective for a song like this, where you're just, you know, completely dissecting this toxic relationship. And it's sort of, um, you know, he, he sort of jumps right into it. I guess you know me well. It, it's sort of disorienting almost because we don't know where we are 
with regard to this person who's speaking. You know, it's it's sort of we're we're thrown right into this right into this relationship like mid mid sentence or or mid mid argument. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it's, it's a, it's a really, I think, effective choice to just put you in the song and, and feel that, that immediacy of the emotions. Yeah. And the other thing the song does to really kind of mask a little bit, it's dark darkness with the lyrics is the, the music is pretty bubbly. Like it's, yeah. it's bright. It's bubbly. Da, 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 da. I mean, it's catchy. It's got a catchy mm-hmm. hook. It doesn't sound like it's going to go where it goes when it first starts, like the first time you hear, which I mean, I can't remember anymore. It's been too long, but I can imagine a first time listener to the song now thinking like they're going to get this kind of fun relationship song. Oh, it's a strange <laughs> relationship. I'm I'm with a girl who's a little bit offbeat. And yeah, because <laughs> we, right. we've heard those songs before. We've heard right. songs, not necessarily even by Prince, but just by anybody like strange relationship doesn't necessarily just the title of the song doesn't necessarily tell you anything it just could be a song about a a quirky girl that prince digs right no this this first this first two lines you you you, if you're paying attention of course which is always kind of the caveat if you're not paying attention you're still bouncing along to the music but if you're paying attention i get a kick out of you do doing you cold is the this where you kind of like the the breaks screech and you realize this isn't going to be that fun song about uh, an interesting girl it's not going to be a ballad of dorothy parker right um, <laughs> kind of song like oh she was interesting uh, it ended up really kind of a, a sweet little relationship we had no this is not yeah. that <laughs> and then oh what the hell you always surrender what's the strange relationship we hold on to so that third line what the hell you always surrender so he's like ah you know i get a kick out of you and cole but it doesn't matter because you always you always kind of give in to me and give in right. to the you know the damage that I'm doing doesn't it doesn't affect it doesn't affect our relationship. You always give in to me, and uh, that kind of points back to the the toxicity that you were talking about. How it can be a little bit toxic and abusive emotionally. Yeah, and there's something almost colder about acknowledging this, you know, acknowledging this dynamic, and then doing nothing about it. You know what I mean? There's something all it's almost, it almost makes it worse that he acknowledges it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then says, well, <laughs> I'm not going to change, you know? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and yeah. I mean, he, you know, this, this song was in, was in gestation for, for four years and it clearly was as relevant to him for those, for those four years. Um, so I, I, this is something I thought about, um, Another song from around this time, Katrina's Paper Dolls. It's this really like, you know, sort of. Uh, it's a, it's just a kind of this character study of this woman who's always just kind of pining after her her man who you know doesn't who who doesn't care about her basically, and it's not hard to you know figure out who the man is in. That in that situation and there's something even like more cold-blooded about being that incisive about how your relationships tend to play out and then not making any adjustments <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's really what this whole song seems to be about as we go through it is the the recognition of his his inability to or unwillingness to change in spite right. of his flaws and in spite of 
recognizing those flaws. Maybe I just can't stand to see you happy. More than that, I hate to see you sad. Honey, if you let me, I just might do something rash. What's this strange relationship? So, like, then the chorus is, baby, I just can't stand to see you happy. More than that, I hate to see you sad. Honey, if you left me, I just might do something rash. What's the strange relationship? Ship, ship. Whew. So, right there. I mean, that's that's a nice little summary of essentially what this dynamic is. I don't, I don't want to see you sad, but I also don't want to see you happy. And what does what does that mean for the the other person in the relationship? Like, it's always kind of like this uh, given. T- well, on her part, she's constantly having to forgive him mm. in her mind for for transgressions, whether it was, you know, just being cold to her, um, emotionally abusive, which I guess are the same thing, I suppose. If you're doing it purposely and with the intent to hurt the other person, you know, if it's unintentional, then the person can probably be more easily forgiven as long as they... Um, make an effort to to change but if it's intentional like i'm gonna play these mind games with her right because i because i have that power in this relationship because she you know she keeps surrendering she keeps giving in she keeps allowing me to do it and the why it's like why would you not want to see them happy it's it's almost a little it's a little sick in some ways to not want to see the person that you claim to love happy like why right. why don't you want to see them happy what what is i mean what is this strange relationship why <laughs> which is ask actually you know the question that he continues to ask in the song what is this strange relationship what the fuck is this yeah. <laughs> essentially is what he's saying yeah. why am i like this with you yeah this is um uh you know for this to be the the chorus basically <laughs> it's uh it's a real uh, you know gut punch like <laughs> this is this is where the um the contrast between that bright keyboard line and the the darkness of the lyrics i think really comes to the fore you know if you left me i just might do something rash uh, I, there's no there's no interpretation of that line that's you know good <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. it's uh it's pretty grim. <laughs> uh, it's just one of those things where I think he's trying to work out in his brain through this song. Why does he feel this way when he's with this woman? Like right, he doesn't quite understand it himself. I can't stand to see you happy. I don't really kind of understand why I don't want to see you happy because when I see you sad, that also upsets me. And if you left me, I might do something rash that that line is vague enough that you kind of it makes you wonder like what exactly is he talking about is he talking about physical harm is he talking about physical harm to her physical harm to himself or because rash could be anything like i something rash could be like i might just kick you out you know right right um, yeah there's there's like a you know there's a plausible deniability there that it, we don't necessarily have to go to the worst possible interpretation but the fact that he leaves it in this vague place means that anything is on the table <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah if you left me i might do something rash which is one of those <laughs> it's one of those uh like common abuse tropes that's a form of emotional abuse when somebody says to the other person there's significant other 
I can't stand, I can't stand to lose you. I think, you know, I, I might, I might kill myself if you ever right. left me. Cause that, what does that do to the other person that you say that to that puts them in a, a really crummy situation where they have to, they don't want to stay, but they also don't want to be responsible for killing somebody. So right. they stick with it, you know, and that's not, that's not okay. Uh, so yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just one of those lines where it can be taken dark, but it can also just be taken to mean like, he's just going to do something like hurtful to her career. This person's right. career. <laughs> and I like say it, career or, or because it could be he's going to dye his hair blonde, you know, like, it, yeah, like it's, a, it's exactly. any number of, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to throw all your clothes on the lawn and burn them like right. and uh, waiting to exhale, except flipped, yeah. on, flipped on its side. <laughs> Uh, so yeah exactly we don't have to think of it super dark but it, it's his fault for writing the song this way though because right. the lines are pretty dark i tend to go dark yeah I, <laughs> I i i always yeah i um i don't have a sunny interpretation of that line <laughs> no and like i said it's prince's fault because he wrote this song and he left that line vague after saying something like you know i can't stand to see you happy <laughs> right right exactly <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it does sound a little bit like a threat in some ways, so we'll just have to kind of leave it at that. I came to love, I took your body, I took the self-respect you never had, I took you for a ride, and baby, I'm sorry, the more you love me, sugar, the more it makes me mad, baby, I just can't stand to see you happy. All right, the second verse, I came and took your love, I took your body. I took all the self-respect you ever had. I took you for a ride, and baby, I'm sorry. The more you love me, sugar, the more it makes me mad. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, it's just like kind of like more of the more of the kind of same aspects of their relationship that he's laying out there for us in the song. Uh, what, what do you want to bring up with the second verse, Zach? Um, so one thing that I, is kind of interesting that was just occurring to me as I was reading this is reminds me of why you want to treat me so bad. Uh, there's that verse in there where he says, I even gave you my body. Tell me baby and bad enough. Uh, so, you know, there's kind of like an interesting role reversal, you know, I think you've talked about before, in older episodes of your podcast, how a, a frequent trope in Prince's early songwriting, especially is sort of like, there's a mean, a mean woman taking advantage of me, you know, like mm -hmm. that's a, that's a position that he, that he put himself in a lot. Um, yes. And so it's interesting to hear him turn the tables and take that first person perspective. And now he's the one taking this person's body, the, their self-respect. Um, and so I, I think that's interesting. I don't know how conscious that is. I don't think I don't think Prince was like, oh, I'm going to bury this, you know, uh, this reference to one of my songs from from 1979. You know, I, I don't I don't think he was deliberately alluding to his own work. But I, I do think it, it says something interesting about how he kind of developed as a as a lyricist, because there, I feel like there's a lot more emotional complexity in saying these things from the perspective of somebody doing it 
rather than somebody having it done to you. You know, um, mm-hmm. it's there's there's a there's a level of self knowledge and uh, self analysis there that that it's it's easy to just blame the other person, but to take a similarly you know really excoriating view at your own role is um is pretty powerful and then um yeah the, the just the la- that last line the more you love me the more it makes me mad just it um it always kind of sends a chill down my spine uh it's it's just really he's this is just a a really he's not concealing anything here you know it's it's this is a really vulnerable song lyrically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also think like with that first line, I came and took your love, I took your body. And as you were talking about how it's a little different than some of the songs he did earlier in his career, which were more of the uh, the woman doing the taking right. and abusing. <laughs> uh, I also think that might have something maybe a little bit to do with the 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 power that Prince was gaining in his career. Right. So, yeah, if we say it was written in 83 then it still makes sense though because by 83 you know he had finally you know sniffed some success with um, the 1999 project and he was already in like negotiations to star in his own movie so he's kind of feeling a little full of himself probably like feeling mm-hmm. like feeling himself a bit <laughs> and before yeah. you before you always kind of got the impression that prince was in, like in his really early stuff like the 70s stuff and dirty mind stuff that he wasn't quite there yet. Like he was feeling like maybe inferior to some of these really strong, beautiful, powerful women that he was meeting and falling for. But now by 83, there could be a little more like, you know what? I'm the shit actually. (laughs) If I look at myself, I mean, look at what I've accomplished thus far. Look at, look at all of these uh, adoring fans I have. And I'm even putting a, making a power move to get my own feature film. And I'm like 25 years old. That's that's pretty impressive stuff. Uh, this this woman in the song should, you know, these women should be really, you know, vying for my attention. I I can probably treat people like shit if um, and they they might have to just accept it because of you know who I am now. And and I'm not saying that that's what he was thinking when he was writing the song because I do believe it was more written about a specific person, not just women in general. Right, right. And and how like he wasn't thinking like all oh, all women are going to have to bow down to me now, and mm-hmm. this is how all of my relationships are going to be. But it does make me think a little bit like he can flip that a bit, flip that common trope and turn it around. Now that he's gaining some some popularity and power himself. I think that brings up like in the past, I've always said like, oh, you know, I don't want to assume that uh, this song is autobiographical. And I guess I should. (laughs) I probably shouldn't assume that that any song is autobiographical. I but this one just uh, I I feel pretty strongly that that this is a he's drawing from personal experience here. I don't think that this is a, um, you know, an abstract idea of oh that like or this is about you know this weird relationship that my friends have or something like that mm-hmm. you know it, it it feels this feels uh pretty personal to me and i think um you know a lot of people have said yeah this was his and vanity's relationship and then i think when you look at uh f- four years later when he put it out 
it could very easily be applied as a template to his and Susanna Melvin's relationship. And, um, you know, I see some of, uh, I see some of him and Jill Jones in there too, you know, that the, their whole dynamic of him stringing her along, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm going to write this album for you. Oh, never mind. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put out three other albums first, you know, like you're going to have to wait four years for me to finally, uh, finish this, this record that I've been promising you. It, it feels very, uh, the more you love me, the more it makes me mad, <laughs> you know? So I, I definitely, I definitely do. I, I, I'll just put my cards on the table and say, I, I think that this is Prince speaking as Prince. I don't think that this is a, a character or a, a literary conceit. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. I agree. And I was going to ask you, I'm trying to think of where I first heard the name vanity associated with this song. I don't know if it was a book I read. I don't know if it was, Alex Hahn and Laura Tebert's book. I don't know if it was Dwayne Tudal's book. I'm not remembering specifically where anymore. Yeah, I know that Tudal's book talks about, you know, talks about it pretty explicitly in those. I mean, obviously, none of us know. Um, But just the fact that he put it on a tape for Vanity. And I think there's a quote from from Jill there saying, like, yeah, they had a strange relationship. It's like he he hit that right on the head, Uh, you know, and they were both kind of uh hurt by each other you know each other's infidelities and um and sort of like deliberately getting back at each other back and forth until finally she just left um you know so um so that's that's a place where i remember but i yeah i it might have also been in in alex Hahn's book i know that um you know the first time i heard this i and I think probably a lot of people at the time assumed that it was about Susanna because that was the most recent relationship. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like I said, I, I think it could be, you know, I think that the song clearly uh, still had had relevance to him. It, it, it was pretty easy to just to recycle the same way that he would recycle a song, you know, a, a love or less song that he wrote about one woman. And now it's magically about the next woman. You know, the breakup song is similar. It's it, it maybe he wrote it about vanity, but it applied pretty easily to Susanna or whoever else. Yeah, Susanna, Jill, you name it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I think that also led leads some some credence to the um theories that this we're applying here that it's not based off of just some fictional situation because there are people that were there at the time that maybe haven't written a book, but they've been quoted or they've said like, yeah, this was, this was their relationship in a nutshell. <laughs> uh, not necessarily saying like, I heard Prince say, I wrote this about vanity. I don't know right. that, that that's not what I'm saying, but when they hear, hear this song and then ask them about their relationship, people that were there and saw it firsthand can look at this and say, hmm, yeah, this kind of, it's kind of fits. They weren't, they weren't great for each. They were great for each other and awful for each other simultaneously. It seems like. Right. And also we're getting the one side. I mean, Prince sounds like a real asshole in the song, but we don't know. I mean, the, their the vanity did a song similarly around the time. What, how awful would she have sounded if she would have taken the same kind of approach towards a uh, lyrical and talking about her relationship, was she was she perfect? I mean, <laughs> I don't, right, I don't right. know. I, I doubt it, but because um, nobody is. But it does make you wonder. Like, it does make him sound really bad because he's singing the song, and he wrote the song. But how much of it was mutual? Like, were they just kind of crappy to each other? I don't know. Yeah, and there was a level of of 
honesty that sometimes came through in in Prince's lyrics that, you know, he was, I mean, I think he was famously not someone who was very forthcoming verbally. You know, he didn't say, I'm sorry for what I did, you know, with in regular conversation, he would write a, a song about it. And so I think you see songs like this and like, if I was your girlfriend um, and like uh, even, you know, computer blue, um, these are kind of the moments where he's really revealing something of, of, of himself. And, and I think it's, it's in some ways it's, that's good, right. That he has that, that self, awareness it would be it would be worse in some ways if he just said well i didn't do anything wrong you know like why these that's like something in the water does not compute right like like all of my relationships go wrong and it 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 must be because of them you know um so Mm -hmm. it's it's there's a there's a sense that he's taking responsibility here i think what what i find chilling about it is that he can do it again and again and but but you know he still has enough fodder for the next song like this (laughs) it's uh yeah it's it's very clearly a a pattern but you know i also know that some patterns are hard to rewrite um so i don't i don't want to give the impression that i think of prince as a a monster (laughs) i think i i think it's if anything it's it's brave to uh to be this sort of unsparing about yourself and 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 how you act Sure. Yeah, absolutely. One can look at this and even though he's putting out some pretty, pretty awful things in on record, literally, that to have that much self-awareness and realize like, you know, it's not the healthiest, it's not the healthiest relationship to have. It's not the healthiest behavior. Maybe some of the things that I'm doing are sabotaging my my relationships and am i doing that on purpose is it is it subconscious sabotage well what's going on with me i mean he says i took you for a ride and baby i'm sorry but then he doesn't follow up any with that with like and i'll promise to do better or i'll (laughs) you know that the next line is after i'm sorry the more you love me the more it makes me mad so it's not it's not an apology song really even though he says i'm sorry in it it doesn't really feel like an apology song it's just kind of like, you know, I'm sorry, this is unfortunate and I wish that I could change right now, but I'm not, in the, I'm not in a place where I could do that. Right. When I see you, it just makes me mad to see you happy. Um, or to, you know, when you love me and, and in ways that line does actually speak a lot to self sabotage. Like this person loves me for some reason because I'm not that great to her. I don't right. treat her as good as I should. And she still loves me anyway. That pisses me off. Why? Why isn't she? Why isn't she like slapping me across the face and telling me that I'm a piece of shit and I'm gonna leave you? Why does she keep coming back? Why does she keep allowing me to do this? Yeah, yeah. It is. It's sort of like, yeah. Why can't I successfully push this person away? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it kind of gives me that vibe. That last line. It's making him mad that. That uh, her unconditional love is making him making him <laughs> mad. Like he doesn't deserve it. It's what almost like he feels like he's saying there. Mm-hmm. So that's the second verse. Then we get to the chorus again. The chorus is pretty much the same as before. Baby, I just can't stand to see you happy. More than that, I hate to see you sad. Honey, if you left me, I might just do something rash. What's a strange relationship? Ship, ship. And then we get some doot doot doos because you know what what song about. Uh, 
<laughs> an emotionally abusive and unhealthy relationship, toxic relationship, doesn't deserve a... Do, hey, do, you know, do, sing along. Yeah. I mean, totally fitting, right? <laughs> All right, kids, sing along. Yeah. Uh, stop fishing coffee. No, whoops, wrong song. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we get that. And then um, we will get to then the third first for final of original lyrics. Isn't it a shame this ain't a movie? Then you could rewrite my every line. I'll take all the blame, yo baby, I'm sorry. But I didn't like the way you were, so I had to make you mine. Again, I mean, there's just line after line in the song that just cuts like a knife. Yeah, but, that last, yeah, go so ahead. many of these last lines uh, are just, uh, they're, they're um, so loaded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I get a kick out of doing you cold. The more you love me, the more it makes me mad. And now uh, I didn't like the way you were, so I had to make you mine. <laughs> and that, yeah, that line, you can look look at that and think of a lot of different things. Like the way Prince liked to rename his, the, the, the women in his, in his right. life and his career, especially right. the ones that were artists, the, most, mostly the ones that were also artists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously you could say like, you know, if you're going to be an artist, you got to kind of have a different, you have to, you have to have a pseudonym and you have to come out with this um, kind of an, an interesting and intriguing name. Vanity, you know, came from um, Vagina or whatever is what he wanted to call her at first. And, and so, you know, I had to make you my, I didn't like the way you were, I had to make you my, I have to mold you. I have to basically take the putty that is you and, and somehow mold you into the person that I want you to be. And in order to do that, I have to win you over. I have to make you mine. Otherwise, you're not going to let me, let me make you over in this way. Uh, I like the first two lines. Isn't it a shame this ain't a movie? You could rewrite my every line because I also think around the same time, this is, I keep coming back to this whole 1983 was a very, even though um, Purple Rain didn't come out, it was like a two year Purple Rain thing. 83 was like the odyssey to get Purple Rain made and then making it. And of course, 84 was the aftermath. So I'd like to think around this time, I mean, he was had to have been in the midst of either negotiations still, depending on what part of 83 he was writing the song, knowing that a movie was like in his future. Like this was going to, this was going to become a reality. Right. He was gonna make a movie, damn it. And so lines like this just seem to make sense to, to kind of seep into his consciousness when he's in the midst of talking about uh, making a movie and kind of doing his little rough draft script that would then go to, Albert Magnoli. And um, so I just think that that's maybe not an accident that he talks about movies in this song based on when it was written. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, he, on, even when he went back to it in 85, you know, that was when he was working on Under the Cherry Moon. So it, it's it, it's interesting that this song kind of came back, you know, when he was working on another movie. 
Um, there's a, I always, this always reminds me of, there's a song by Elton John called I've seen that movie too, which basically is, it takes those two lines and makes a whole song <laughs> out of it. Like it's the same kind of thing about like, you know, feeling trapped in this relationship where you feel like you're watching it on a, on a screen, you know, it's, it, the pattern is so predictable that mm-hmm. it, it feels like you're watching actors act it out. I, I don't necessarily think that Prince, you know, I think it's probably a a um, common enough feeling that I don't necessarily think Prince was like given a nod to Elton John. It's it's just interesting to me. It always reminds me of that song. That line in particular really kind of um, uh, hits close to home for me because I, I've definitely been in I, I've I've been in relationships where it feels like the arguments almost become scripted, you know, like you, you feel like you're, you're watching yourself on a stage or something. Um, so it's, it's that, that I, it, it feels relatable, I think in a way that um, maybe some of the other lyrics uh, don't, or I, or I would prefer them not to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, I can understand that. I think even as somebody who's married and you, you, you end up having a lot of the same fights. Uh, right (laughs) it's it does feel scripted i can i can relate to that for sure and then this third line i'll take the blame great i'm sorry (laughs) okay cool but i didn't like the way you were so i had to make you mine again he's like yeah he's taking the blame obviously because in the song who else would get the blame based off of what he's writing and and apologizing for the second time in the song but just not really the sincerity just doesn't doesn't feel real here in this (laughs) Yeah, I never thought about it in this terms, but like you said, I mean, he says, he literally says, I'm sorry twice in this song. And I do not think of this as an apologetic song, (laughs) you know, like uh, it's because he, because he always says, I'm sorry in the second to last line. And then he turns around and and sticks the knife in deeper. Mm -hmm. It is a song that does make the listener wonder, like, you know, is is there supposed to be an apology buried in there somewhere? Kind of like she's always in my hair, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like yeah. he like he wanted to apologize, <laughs> and just didn't didn't come across that way, or did you know didn't couldn't really see it through, and didn't really hit the mark, or did he write this song with these apologies in here, knowing full well that it was going to come across sounding uh, insincere and and not really giving the person who was intended for any kind of or any sense that he was being uh that he was actually feeling like he was sorry about it because it's if he if that was intentional then he really needed to add a few more lines in the song to show that because it's one thing to like show the bad stuff but then you know somehow show there's a little bit of um light at the end of the tunnel and that maybe there's a just a a glimmer of hope that this person you know is going to change and make things right but he really just doesn't do that in this song he just doesn't do it yeah and i think uh you know even structurally uh it sort of it it sort of feels like this is just going to go on forever you know like like you you mentioned that this isn't a song that has a lot of uh changes you know it kind of sticks to the same melody um verse after verse you know the chorus is really we really it's really only a chorus because it repeats it it doesn't it it doesn't have a a wildly different melody or or structure than the verses and then it fades out 
you know? And so, yeah, it, it just kind of feels like this pattern is just going to go on an endless loop, uh, you know, until, until one or the other leaves. Um, so, uh, I, I, it's, it's interesting how the, the structure of the song reflects that the, the lyrics, the way the song fades out doesn't give you the listener closure either. Because, you know, that's the one thing about fade outs is some people don't like them because they don't feel like they're actually ending. It's just kind of mm-hmm. like it just keeps going infinity, but you just don't hear it anymore. Right. Because they've they've kind of removed the, the sounds from it, but the song is still going and they just took it away from you to listen to. Uh, so that's another reason why maybe like a song like this fading out, it makes sense from from that standpoint, because you don't really get closure in this song. Yeah, that's the la- that, those are the last like new lyrics to the song. You get the chorus again. Uh, same chorus. Can't stand to see you happy. Hate to see you sad. If you left me, I might do something rash. What's this strange relationship? And then you get a whole bunch more do-do-do's. Um, and then as the song, I mean, he starts throwing some different lines in there. I, again, don't know if they're necessarily ad-libs or just kind of vamping a little bit. The one line in this outro that I will highlight because I think it, it's it's an amazing summary of what we've been <laughs> listening to is the can't live with you, can't live without you. Yep, and it, that's a, exactly it. Yeah, and it does feel like he's drawing that to to our attention to that because I, I think he double tracks his vocals in that part. So he's like harmonizing with himself. So yeah, it, it does. And it, it, isn't it funny that this, that this song that we... <laughs> that we've been talking about, you know, how deep it is and, and, and talking about it for an hour. You can also basically sum it up with with a, a, a literal cliche. But, uh, you know, I, I'll, I think cliches are cliches for a reason. So uh, yeah. I, I, I think, um, you know, this kind of like you might say, oh, you can't live with them. You can't live without them or whatever. I, and and not think about it. Uh, but when you really go through this this song takes that cliche and and, and shows the kind of uh, the ugliness inside it and 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 all of the you know um, difficult feelings that are wrapped up in that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What's it all about? Do you know? I think you and I got a strange relationship. What's the strange relationship? And then you get the yeah, 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 yeah. As the song fades out. Uh, so that's that's essentially strange relationship um, from a lyrical standpoint. I'm trying to think if there's anything more I wanted to say about. It. I mean, is the song misogynistic? I, I don't know. Um, it may come across as misogynistic, but or is it just really more about toxic relationships? And it wouldn't matter like if this was a woman singing it to a man, or a man singing it to a man, or a woman singing it to another woman. I'm not so sure if it's misogynistic from the standpoint like he doesn't like women therefore he's you know treats him like crap or if it's just something about this one particular woman that he just has this strange relationship with that really kind of triggers him in some ways right i don't know yeah it's kind of an open-ended yeah exactly yeah i mean i i think that's a that's a good question uh, you know my like i i have a i have a high tolerance for 
for this kind of thing. Um, just because, you know, like I said, like people are not, uh, are not angels and, you know, we can, we can have patterns and behaviors that we, that we know are, are wrong. Um, but continue to persist in those behaviors. Um, I mean, especially when we're young, you know, and Prince was young when he wrote this. And I think about the fact that he, you know, wrote this before Purple Rain came out. Um, he wrote this around the same time as Computer Blue, which especially in the extended hallway speech is a similar kind of like looking at, you know, I mean, the song goes, where is my love life? Like, you know, looking at, what what is what the hell is wrong with me? Basically, is the is the the kind mm -hmm. of question that that song is asking, um, and you know, around the time of Purple Rain, he had a, a spiritual awakening, and I think this is you know entirely I'm I'm opining about something that I don't know anything about, but to me as an observer, it feels like his spiritual awakening, his spiritual awakenings plural, always tended to have a lot to do with how he was treating people. Um, you know, he had just come off of the 1999 tour where he was juggling three women at least. Um, and they were all, you know, fed up with him about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 you know, I think he, he got to these places where he was, and, and I think he's, he's, he literally said this about his second spiritual awakening around love sexy, that he was mean, you know, and he just like, he was treating people like shit and now he's happier, you know? And so I, I think, I, I don't know, again, like. I'm reading into this. I don't know. Um, you know, the, this is all interpretation, but, but I do think that what makes this song not misogynistic for me is just the fact that he's, that he's contrite and he's looking at these patterns and he's, and he's acknowledging his role in it. Um, I know that this is, you know, like people who think that this song is misogynistic, this, this will not be any, uh, any comfort to them. Um, but like I said, it reminds me of John Lennon's songs where he would really take a, a really harsh, um, shine a really harsh light on some of his worst, you know, I'm thinking about jealous guy, for instance, um, you know, shine a really harsh light on some of his worst tendencies. And I know that, you know, we're not, we're not, uh, you know, John, John Lennon is, is, is not an unproblematic fave. No, um, he's no but, saint. He's yeah, no saint. But, yeah. but there's a similar, there, there's a, there's a similar feeling in this. And I, and I think it's worth saying, you know, that Prince, if Prince was in, influenced by the Beatles at all, it was definitely by John Lennon. You know, he's that, that's the one that he's called out and said, uh, I, I know that he said that, um, when you were mine was influenced by, uh, John Lennon songs specifically. So I, I do think that there's an, an interesting parallel there and an interesting kind of, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it may, maybe it's less that the song is misogynistic and more that the, the singer is being honest about their misogynistic tendencies, which feels, uh, feels better to me. No, I do. I agree. I agree. And I, 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 I didn't want to like set you up with the question, is the song misogynistic? No. What's your answer? You know, <laughs> well, that's something that I speak for know, all men. <laughs> yeah. It's something that you have to kind of grapple with sometimes because yeah. you know, there are, there is that, that streak in, uh, you know, I mean like look at purple rain for God's sake, you know? So it's kind of, you do have to kind of wonder like, uh, yeah, what what's what's going on here? Like, to what degree is this um, acceptable or recuperable? You know, um, so yeah, it, it's it is something that I've that I've thought about, and I don't have a definite answer, but that's kind of yeah. where my comfort level is with it.
Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm with you. I think for me, it's, it's always, it's less to me. Again, speaking for myself, less misogynistic and more just talking about a specific relationship, and not to say that there isn't maybe some inherent misogyny involved in that. Uh, who knows? But we'll never know for sure. But what we can tell you is that uh, this song certainly does have its chilling aspects it does on uh, from one side one side of the relationship fence you look at it and you really wonder what was what was going on between the two of them or you know if the song is about vanity or jill or suzanne or anybody really because all we're getting is prince's side and right. the fact that he, the fact that it could be as we talked about applied to different relationships kind of tells you it's not really about one person necessarily like it's not a one-sided thing like this is only in a vacuum how prince and vanity's relationship was i think this this time in his life he was probably struggling with uh, his ability to manage his relationships across the board and this was just kind of like one manifestation of that is the the song strange relationship and now somebody's going to you know say there or somebody could easily say who was in a relationship with them in the eighties. Like, that's not the Prince I got, you know, I got when I was with him, he was a wonderful person, kind, caring, generous, giving, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, great. You know, I mean, that, that's your experience with Prince and that's, that's wonderful. It's great to hear actually that, you know, there were some, some healthy relationships that he was able to, to maintain out there. But at the end of the day, nobody that he was with in the eighties ended up being, you know, his soulmate for life because, <laughs> Uh, it just didn't work out that way. We all know that. I mean, that's that's fact. That's actual fact. That's not like subjective. So there must have been something, something that he was working through from his uh, personal life and his his personal personal relationships to lead him to write a song like this. Is what I'm ultimately trying to say. And it, it, I don't think you and I both agree. I don't think it was just coming from like some creative license, like. This is some random examples of bad relationships that I'm going to write a song yeah. about. I just don't yeah. get that feeling. Yeah, this this feels this feels like Prince uh, bearing his soul, which I which I think is one reason why it it's so impactful to me. Um, just something it's so raw, and the emotions feel so real. And and I mean, like I've said, I've I've been in I've been in relationships that this this felt too real to me you know like that at times mm-hmm. uh maybe not not every not not every word but for sure there were there were resonances where i was like oof this is not a song that i want to be identifying with you know like i need to do some soul searching about about this relationship if i'm if i'm feeling like uh this reminds me of of strange relationship you know um so yeah this is uh this is one of my, it feels weird to to talk about a, a song this kind of uh dark as one of my favorites um but uh but it is this is one of my favorite prince songs for sure cool well that's perfect for you to have be, have been the guest on my 100th episode to talk about strange relationship them i'm glad that uh, you agreed to do it and i'm glad to have had you on today zach yeah anytime so since we've kind of covered strange relationship, um, I actually, I, don't, I want to ask you if you have any final thoughts you wanted to talk about. It feels like you kind of already did that, but just in case, 
Gonna yeah, I think I, I, I think I put a, I think I put a bow on it. I, I won't, I won't belabor the point. <laughs> okay. Well, where can uh, people find you and your, and your work, your writing? Sure. So I, I write a, a song by song blog about Prince's music that is, um, uh, it's, it's, it's both, it's going faster and, and slower because I, I did my hundredth post a, a while ago, but you're also, you're also much farther into, uh, into the catalog than I am. I'm, I'm back in purple rain. So if you're, um, if you're feeling nostalgic for, for the earlier eighties and you want to, you want to go back uh, I just I just posted the the third of three parts about Purple Rain because that's such a massive song I I couldn't get it out in one post uh, so you can find that it's called Dance Music Sex Romance and you can find it at PrinceSongs.org. Okay, well I will definitely put a link to PrinceSongs.org in the uh, show notes and make sure people are aware of that because it's um it's a wonderful it's a wonderful blog and I think the reason why. I, maybe your 100th post is back in purple rain is because you also write about some of the extra stuff like the vault stuff and stuff that popped up on like the 1999 super deluxe and the purple rain deluxe. And, uh, so I haven't done that with my show yet. I haven't gone to the vault <laughs> yet for any of my episodes. Are arguably a smart move, but you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sweating about taking a long time anymore. I'm just like, this is my life's work. If it takes me 40 years, the same as it took Prince 40 years, so be it. <laughs> you know, I'm just, uh, I, I'm, I'm just um, doing it until people get sick of it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun journey, as I imagine yours is. Yeah, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. And even though this song isn't necessarily fun <laughs> in the traditional definition of that, it was fun talking to you today, Zach. So thanks again. Thank um, you. You're welcome. This has been the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast. I've been your host, Jason Brenninger. You can find the podcast at uh, Press Rewind Pod on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I do uh, like to put stuff also on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel now that episodes go up on, not in real time, because I do have to do some um, music, music removing before I can put them on YouTube. So I'm a little behind. <laughs> YouTube's a different beast when it comes to all that stuff. So if you like the music in the episodes, then you might want to stick with your traditional podcast players like Apple or Spotify or Stitcher or Google. But uh, if you really dig YouTube, you can find them there too eventually. I also like to put uh, other things, other music, um, Prince music stuff that I find uh, on there as well not, it's related to the podcast but unrelated to the podcast at the same time so just basically bonus content i suppose would be the easiest way to describe it so check it out uh, also if you use apple podcasts i can always appreciate any kind of rate or subscribe and download because it does help get the word out on the show because apple's the big player as everybody knows but uh, if you listen to the show on spotify or stitcher or any other venue and and you dig it, uh, you can always just go to Apple and rate it anyway. <laughs> and then go back to the go back to Spotify to listen. It's all good. Okay, well, th anyway, thanks again to everybody. A hundred episodes. I'm just you know happy I've made it this far. I'm just thrilled to have listeners at all, but let alone as many as I've been able to uh, gain and gather over the past couple of years doing the show. And I sincerely just want to thank all of my listeners, all of the guests that I've had up to this point and um, i'm very uh, humbled by 
kind of the the embrace that I've gotten from the Prince community through doing the show. Uh, you know, just very thankful for all for everybody. Really, uh, I enjoy doing it, and I'm, you know, I'll be here in episode 200, basically saying the same thing in about another two to three years. So, <laughs> thanks again, everybody, and until next time, goodbye. Rise and stand, and